0: Talk Too Much MMA, episode 19 is back in your life. I am Cena Palavan, I am your host. Another week, another dollar, baby. <clears throat> That's my new catchphrase. You guys will be hearing that every episode going forward. Um, just wanted to throw that out there. But anyway, you all know what happened this last weekend. Uh, pretty surprising. Uh, Wayley Zhang beat the fuck out of Jessica Andrade, you know, in 42 seconds. Um, we found out Habib Nurmagomedov, closer to retirement. Yeah, those rumors, um, they're kind of true. What else did we find out? We found out that Alexander Gustafson and Anthony Johnson are planning on coming out of retirement. Um, even though I never considered Gustafson retired, he was just a pussy in his last fight. Uh, Gus has his eyes set on Luke Rockhold, so, you know, we can expect, uh, the dopest... The dopest shitty fight ever. <laughs> That's what we can expect. Uh, Gustafson is obviously, you know, we'll get into that in a sec, but we know how good Gustafson is. We know how good Rockhold was, um, but both of them have deteriorated chins. I'm very excited for that fight. We'll get into it a little bit later. And then, of course, Anthony Johnson, who uh, I just saw at Gemma, is planning on coming back and returning at heavyweight. Uh, I think I know why. He wants to fight John Jones for the title. Uh, he clearly said uh, in an interview... After watching that fight, I think he watched that fight with Tiago, and he thinks he could beat John. Because he said, John said in an interview, man, thank God Anthony Johnson retired, man. I did not want to fight him. So, you know, I don't know what Anthony Johnson's doing right now. You know, I talked to him at Gem. I tried talking to him. He was actually kind of a dick, kind of like an introvert. But, you know, whatever, man. Uh, I'm not going to judge him. He just didn't want to talk. I'm very out there, outspoken, you know. Like, I always try and make conversation with all my uh, cabanas. You know, he was at one of my tables. I was, like, so shocked. I went up to him. I was just I talked to him about a couple of things, just very just like just trying to be by himself, not really trying to talk. And so I was just like, All right, I'm not fucking with this energy, so I kind of backed out. Um, I asked him about his CBD farm because I, fe- I felt like if I went in there, like, yo, I have a podcast, and he'd be like, what? Like, so I asked him, like, can you can you you know, me and my dad are thinking about growing a CBD farm in in Texas. Some bullshit like like that or like because uh, everybody's high on CBD. Everybody's high on CBD right now, and you know Anthony Johnson was one of the pioneers of that, like he tried using his fame to um, further his marijuana career so i uh, I used that kind of as like a talking point to initiate conversation with him. Obviously, my goal was you know to somehow bring this bullshit up to him at some point, but it didn't work. he left and he was a dick. however, he's still one of my favorite fighters, so no hate there um, uh, <laughs> that's besides the point so enough bullshit. Um, let's talk about Wei Li and Jessica Andrade. Goddammit! All right. First of all, Wei Li Zhang is a top three female fighter on the planet. I'm gonna start off right by saying that. Her entering the UFC, there was so much hype behind her. The performances she's put together have been exceptional. She is a high volume fighter. She puts together combinations damn near as well as Joanna and J. Chick. She's a high, but she's good on the ground. She can grapple. She is literally like. She excels at every tool she has, and she has every tool in the game. Um, I did not, I did not see, I don't know if I picked Andrade. I might have picked Andrade. I don't remember. But I knew if you guys, yeah, I don't know what I picked. But I I picked Zhang. Yeah, I I thought I had Zhang. I love Wei Li Zhang, man. I thought going into this fight, is we know what Andrade can do, right? We know going into the fight, if she's fighting a smaller girl, whoever she's fighting, She's one of those alpha females. She's like that little man syndrome, little woman syndrome in her case. She wants to pick these girls up and slam them. That's great. That looks cool. And people cheer for you when you do that. That is not a great weapon to have in your game. I mean, it is, but like I wouldn't want it. You know what I mean? I'd rather be an an amazing striker, an amazing grappler, you know? I don't want to have a great Superman punch, uh, have great elbows, You know, I don't want that body slam to be my main move. It's so hard to set it up. It's so hard to get it, and it wastes a lot of energy. And when you slam the girl, if she maneuvers properly, you can get caught in a guillotine. You can get caught very easily in a triangle and a lot of things. So I never really was high on Draj. I thought it was a a wash that she beat Rose. I thought she'd beat Rose because she had the strength advantage. But Rose played that fight very, very well. Um, But she kept making stupid mental mistakes, like getting caught by that body slam twice. That fucked her up. That knocked her out. All she had to do was not get caught in that position. She was dominating Andrade, right? She was beating the fuck out of her. Picked her apart. Yeah, picked her apart, technically. So, you know, I think we can all agree <sighs> Andrade versus Rose. I think Zhang versus Rose is the fight to make in this division. These are the two best fights, and I think Zhang's better than Rose. However, I think Andraj is three, and I think Andrade and Rose should fight again because Rose needs to redeem that. What a wash of a loss, man. Rose just beats fucking Joanna and Jaychik twice, and then loses to Jessica Andrade, it's foul, man. That's foul. So what do I do with Zhang, man? I don't know what I do with Zhang. You throw the number one contender, because this girl is, I. Lo- and I was just talking to JD about this before we started filming. I would love to throw Zhang in a ring with Valentina. Uh, I think it would be the dopest fight you can make right now for Valentina. I think uh, it's another you know champion versus champion fight. I think Valentina would win, but I think Zhang would give her one of the toughest tests of her career. I do think Valentina Shevchenko is the best female on this planet. I think she's better than Amanda Nunez. Um, actually, I don't. She's the second best. Amanda's better. Bro, Amanda just beat Holly Holm very easily. Like it was nothing. So, I do. I do, I do think Nunez is the best. But I do think Zhang is three. I do. Um, and I, I would take Zhang over Joanna and And I, you guys know, I love. No, you don't know that. <laughs> How would you know that? But I love Joanna. I love Joanna and Um so what I love, I want to see Zhang versus Valentina. As the UFC, they need to put on the best fights for us fans, right? That's how they sell their money. Um, we, But at the same time, they can't just cater to the fans' wishes. You know what I mean? They have to uphold their ranking system, their ladder system. They have to uphold their divisional system, the discrepancy between divisions. Um, they have to uphold these things. They can't just throw away their format, but they need to find a middle ground. You know what I mean? Uh, When Conor was on the height of his reign, I I wrote a couple articles about this just criticizing the UFC. This dude is, any other fighter coming up, you're throwing him harder and harder fights until he gets the belt. How is it Conor goes from Diego Brandao to Dennis Seaver? Then he goes to fucking, he was supposed, then he just gets a straight shot at Aldo after Seaver. Someone beats a number eight ranked contender in today's league, today's game. Are they getting a title shot after? I don't know. But in Connors, the height, when Connor was coming up, they did that. And I, although I agree with the UFC in doing that, it was the smarter business move. Um, they did not uphold their traditional ranking system. And it kind of, you know, it kind of made push people, rubbed people the wrong way. And so there needs to be consistency with that. That's all I, I really care about that. There can't just be, oh, we're just going to make the fights, put on the, f- the fights the fans want. You know, I do agree. Um, they should be catering to our needs more, but just throw us some consistency. Um, and besides that, Andrade, it's I just don't I don't fuck with her, man. I, I, what do you do with her? Throw her to the ground, man. Throw her against Rose and have Rose beat her. Hopefully, she learned her lesson, and then make Andrade the middleman in that division, the gatekeeper. You know, don't she doesn't have any business being in this championship discussion anymore. I'm getting sick of it. I don't like her. Um, I like her physical strength and her, you know, aggressive grappling, her power shots. But there's a lot of fighters like that, man. There is. One thing you'll learn about me is my favorite fighters. Okay, hold on. One thing you'll learn about me, and this is how I judge sports, is I try to keep my emotions out of it. There's a lot of players I don't personally like, but I love professionally, um, and I root for them. But I really don't like them. I don't want to root for them, but they're so good on the court that I I root for them. Everybody that does well in sports, basically, I root for. I root for the good ones. I root for greatness. Um, I'm rooting for Zhang to keep this title. I'm not rooting for girls like Andrade to take this title and to just bullshit and waste my time. You know, it, I just don't wanna watch Andrade fight. I wanna see the highest volume. I'm starting to get very picky with my MMA, to be honest. I'm not just gonna watch any MMA going forward. You know what I mean? I'm very, like everybody, covering it, you, I feel like you're supposed to. But I'm not going to watch any just, like, cage fighter promotions fight. I'm not—I used to watch—I used to—Conor McGregor was in cage fighters when I was younger. I'd watch cage fighters. Conor's—all of Conor's cage fighter fights. I'd watch the fights his opponents fought. Uh, who who he's fought, who they fought other than him. I'd go crazy. And Bellator, you know, I'm not just going to watch any Bellator card now. You know, I I used to watch—if Bellator is on, I'd watch it. Not watching any Bellator card going forward. I, you know, MMA— there's a lot of shitty MMA, but when it's good, it's it's the pinnacle of sports, in my opinion. It's the it's the most barbaric sport there is. And it draws out the most intensity and emotion at the at its height, in my opinion. And the other sports, as great and entertaining as they are, they don't have that ability because they're not as barbaric. There's no there are rules, but there's no like rules, if you get my drift in MMA. So yeah, that that's my opinion on Zhang versus Andraj. Let's get Jang to greatness. Let's make her a Hall of Fame fighter and then let's get Andraj out the picture. Um Next thing I want to talk about is my boy, Habib Nurmagomedov. My fellow Middle Easterner. Um, He is just my guy. Uh, I was on this fool before any of you were on this fool. I I was on this fool when you guys were hyping up Conor. That was out when I was hyping him up. I said he would be Conor a year before, and he did. So to see this man retire, I'm not going to lie to you guys. There is bias. This is where, in some situations... I do incorporate my personal bias. I love Habib. He's from the same region half my family is. So, you know, that instantly gives me a better chance to root for him, but the truth of the matter is I love his fighting style, I love how he dominates people. I love greatness. I don't think he should retire. I think he might think he might ew. I think he might think he might lose. Tongue twister. I think he might think he might lose. Um, I really do. Uh I really might think he might lose. Hey, I really might think he might lose. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, uh, we're going to make that a clip, by the way. That's new intro. Yeah. <laughs> so, and you know, I would love... There are just so many unanswered questions right now. I, the last thing I want to see is Habib retire. And I think he's one of the biggest stars in the sport. I don't think it's good for the UFC. I think we're all going to be... No one cares about him like they cared about Conor, but, like, let's be real. That fight with Conor, like... <laughs> Habib has as much hype around him now as Conor does in my opinion. I think Habib can now I think Habib can get close to Conor's numbers. Because of Conor, I do think so. I think we all know who Habib. Not saying we like him, we all love Conor. Not that many people like Habib, but the same amount of people know them now because they fought and there's a rivalry and Habib embarrassed him. There's not a single person alive anymore that knows anything about MMA and doesn't know Habib. And if there is Fucking A, man. Uh, So listen, listen, back to my guy, Habib. I don't want to deviate away from the topic too much. Um, My guy, Habib, is he's fighting in two weeks. So I wanted to talk about him retiring, but I want to preview this fight a little bit. Uh, We will be covering that next week. We have our special predictions episodes, which everybody loves. I know y'all are excited. Um, I actually have something special planned for this one, uh, which we'll announce next week. Uh, after I think of what I have planned. Uh, No, I'm joking. I'm joking. But listen, Habib's fighting Dustin Poirier in two weeks, and real talk, this is the fight, out of any fight I've ever seen Habib uh, perform in in his career, I'm not going to lie to you. I don't know why I have this opinion right now. I'm more, there's something in my gut. I'm more nervous about this fight than ever. Do I think he'll win? Yeah. I don't think my gut's tell me he'll lose, but my gut's tell me we're going to see the first sliver of weakness we've ever seen from him. I think he'll get pieced. I think he'll get peace because, as I always say, styles make fights. You know, it's a one-on-one scenario. Styles make fights. So people are saying Conor smacked Dustin. How would Conor get dominated by Habib and you think Dustin doesn't do this, gets, doesn't get wor- mo- like washed even worse, right? The reason is I think Conor is, station- is a counter fighter. So that gave Habib room to set up, to move. Dustin's going to come forward while Habib comes forward. And while Habib's the better volume fighter, Dustin will swing for the fences off the rip. He's going to throw heat. He's not going to think to himself, I'm going to gas myself. No, he's training for five rounds. He's training for 10 rounds because he's going to exert twice. He needs to exert twice as much energy in one round than Habib has to win that round. You know what I'm trying to say? Like if Habib exerts 100% of energy, Dustin would need to have 200% of that energy to beat Habib in that round. That's how much better Habib is than him, and how much, if more efficient, he presses the pace than Dustin. However, where's Dustin most scary? Where is Dustin most scary? The pocket. When they get in, in in the pocket and they start throwing heat and throwing wild, Dustin's a fucking you know he's a fucking fighter, man. He's a brawler. He throws heat. Connor was more of a timing guy, so Connor is gonna wait on that left hand. In that situation. Habib's not really constantly in danger. He just has to watch out for that one shot. But when he's in the pocket and this dude's throwing heat, dude, there's shots coming from any, everywhere. He needs to be, he needs to get to a safe position asap. So I'm really thinking Habib does not want to stand. I think Habib might lose a round in this fight, but I think he might start off slow. But I think he'll take over the fight and end up winning the fight. As I said, we all know what he needs to do. He needs to put Dustin on his back. He needs to grab a hold of him and put him on his back. But I've talked about this before. Habib's first initial double, his first shot when he goes for that takedown is not good. You know, he didn't grow up in the U.S. You know, this dude didn't, growing up in the U.S., you learn a different style of wrestling than as opposed to when you grow up in Dagestan or anywhere else. Growing up in the U.S., you're learning, you know, your singles, you're, you're learning a more straightforward approach, a more direct approach, a more direct dive in on, the, on your opponent, you know, put them on their back. Um, over other styles of wrestling, it takes you got to work your way in. There's more finesse. You know, you put them up. You know, you get in the clinch with them. You grab a hold of them. You just, you work your trips in there. There's just different styles of wrestling. So Habib is not that efficient with his initial sh- initial shoot. But what that does is, even if he misses that shot, the opponent backs up towards the fence. In which case, Habib springs, and that's when Habib grabs you and puts you on the fence. Just grabs you. That's his world, man. That's his world, dude. When he closes space and grabs you. I, dude, I don't even know how you beat that because that's how good he is. He is so confident, man. If you hear this guy, and he's like, this guy, these guys aren't at my level. They're not me. And I kind of relate to him on that. Um, he knows how good he is, right? He knows how good he is, but more than that, he knows his morals and what type of person he is. He doesn't lie to himself in the mirror. And he's a great person. He lives by his religious morals. So you see him acting cocky and sly in all these interviews and shit. It's because he knows who he is at the end of the day. He know he doesn't have to lie to anyone, the media, the fame. Dude, he still lives with his, in the house he grew up in, I think, in Dagestan with his family. You know what I mean? A better house, probably. But in Dagestan, he didn't move out. Um, and he's still like, I, I, lo- I saw a video of him on Instagram. It looks very humble. He doesn't look like he's a crazy-ass millionaire, you know? So I, I just think this guy's very confident in who he is. You know, Conor, I feel like, is less confident in who he is. Um, I think he's more insecure at what he's not. That's why he's loud. Why is he loud and speaking and trying to prove a point? Because he knows deep down he's scared he might get judged for the point he's trying to defend. He is, Connor's is a lot more insecure as opposed to Habib. Habib just comes in there cocky as shit, nonchalant, just looking at everybody like he's better than them. You know what I mean? Just looking that way and that way, just saying these guys aren't at my level. Like, But quiet, just keeps to himself, doesn't need to prove anything to anybody. That's, that, that's scary to me, man, that's greatness to me, bro, that's more impressive to me, that sells, that will sell me on a fight more than Connor's, you know, banters, and, you know, loud ass fucking comments and shit, or whatever the fuck he does, so I'm very excited for this fight, mainly because we've gone a year without watching our guy Habib fight, he's one of the greatest in the sport, and real talk, it's just a blessing to see this guy fight again, you know, we can't go, I don't like, one thing I will say is I don't like how he takes these long breaks, man, I don't like how he takes these long breaks in between, uh, fucking fights. Like, what the fuck are you doing for a year out? Just fight, man. It's fucking forty minutes. Like, and you only have one shot at this one career. It's only a limited amount of time, you know. But I guess they're trying to take care of their mental health, physical health, whatever bullshit. But man, if I were healthy, I'd fight every month. You get a check for every fight, man. How are you? Guys? You guys are complaining. Oh, we don't get paid enough. You guys fight three or four times, two, three times a year. NBA players play eighty-two times a game, eighty-two times a year. So. As an audience, I have a chance to see this dude 82 times or three times. What's going to be bigger? You know what I mean? Fight more. Even though it's a harder sport, you chose the sport. Don't fucking, you should have played, shoot a, shot a basket when you were four, and I beat the shit out of Billy. You know what I mean? But next I want to talk about, keep going. So next I want to talk about, you know, this is very big to me, the two fighters returning from retirement. Two fighters, when I came up on MMA, got big on the local scene. So let's remember. Let's take a look back in his first. I'm going to say the names: Alexander Gustafsson and Anthony Johnson. Two familiar names should be to all you MMA fans. Now let's take let's take a nice little history lesson. Going back in time, um, if you guys remember, after John Jones cleared mur- Murderer's Row, right, went on the Ultimate Fighter, trashes Chael Sonnen in a round, keeps going, keeps winning. Um, I think it was after that Chael fight, but. After that chill, when when John got done with Murderer's Row, if you guys remember, there were two names. One name specifically on the come up. One of them, his name was Alexander Gustafson, and there was a lot of hype behind him because of his natural boxing ability, his footwork, and the fact that he it's hard to take his ass down. Um, and he knows how to you know he knows how to adapt to a pace of a fight. And people were a little scared, but they were also scared because he had the same physical advantages as John Jones. Johnny has never fought someone that can match his reach and size, and Gus was that guy, granted Jones is a lot stronger, more cut up, more powerful, but size-wise, like inches, you know, diameter, whatever the fuck you want to call it, they were the same shit, so going into that fight, not, you know, I was the most nervous fight I've ever been for John Jones, was that Gustafson fight, Um, John Jones only trained for one week for that fight, he partied the fuck up, took everything for granted, came in, had the toughest fight, cocaine, (laughs) <laughs> came in, had the toughest, amongst other things, came in, had the toughest fight of his career, still to date. No no one gave him a tougher test than that first jo- uh, Gus fight. I did think Jones won because he won rounds four and five, but I know a lot of people think Gus won. But listen, after that fight, we all wanted to see Gus uh, Jones too. And then after that fight, this guy named Anthony Johnson, who was kind of struggling at welterweight, welterweight moves up to light heavyweight. So this dude moved up from 170 to 205. He moved up two divisions and wrecked everybody, knocked every light heavyweight out. So Anthony Johnson comes up and Anthony Johnson, if you guys don't remember after that, around the time right after that DC Jones one fight, and this was when Anthony Johnson, I'd say, and Gus were at like their prime of hype um, as contenders. Anthony Johnson fucking wrecked Gustafson in one round, bro. He took a shit in Gus's face in Sweden. He went to Sweden and beat the fuck out of their hometown hero. And I'm talking when after Gus beat Jones, do you guys understand how much hype there was around Gustafsson in Sweden? Bro, that arena was sold out. That did one of the highest gates ever for like a fight night. Dude, this dude, Alexander Gustafsson hit like national role model level in Sweden. He was what Conor McGregor was in Ireland. He was just a little less than that in Sweden. And that's what George St. Pierre was in Canada. He was just a little less than that in Sweden. That's fucking crazy. So now we find out, you know, they both kind of, you know, Anthony Johnson was weird, man. Let's just be real with you. Anthony Johnson was beating the fuck out of everybody and then just retired. Yeah, it's kind of like, I don't know if you guys know this name. He's probably one of the best linebackers ever. Patrick Willis, uh, year 29. How old is he, 29? Uh, Yeah, I'm the LeBron James of NFL defense. I quit. Just quit. He was literally the LeBron James. I thought he was the clear-cut number one defensive player in the league, bro. This fool, coverage, man. Hitting, he could catch, dude. He dude, he was insane. And yeah, and it's a guaranteed lock. Like, you know what I mean. And one of the, he led the league in tackles, damn near every like a lot of the seasons. Um, so this guy, you know, uh, Anthony Johnson just quit, and every i and John Jones sent an interview. Man, thank God that fool quit, cause dude, he might have hit me hard. And I know you saw with that Jones Tiago fight. Now imagine Jones Johnson, Jones the old Johnson. That that that's pretty scary. But, you know, back in the day, I I would give the old John a better chance of beating this, the old Anthony, because the old John didn't give a fuck. He was out for blood, bro. I'm going to dominate you. This John is, bro, I need to win. I need to leave this arena with that gold around my waist for my legacy. I, I don't care how I do it. It just needs to happen. So what do I think? Why did Anthony Johnson return to heavyweight, though? So he's saying, Anthony Johnson's saying, I don't want, he was a welterweight. He jumped up two divisions to light heavyweight. Now he wants to move up a third division. Have you guys ever heard of a welterweight getting to heavyweight within five years? That's fucking kind of crazy. Yeah, you think so? I saw him at Gemma, though. Like I said, the dude lifts a lot, smokes a lot, eats a lot. Uh, so he's gotten a lot. weight. He's gotten big weight. He's kind of like bulked, but I don't think it was a clean bulk, but I, don't, I think it's, he, shouldn't have, he should have done a dirty bulk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and smoking hella weed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh fa- Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. He Yeah, he probably got mad and then quit for like two, a year or two. Facts. And I'm telling you guys, when you guys see this dude fight, he's going to... JD, he'll be one of your favorite fighters. I think you're going to be... You, you both will be like... See, yeah, we're going to get in an argument because the day after you see him fight, you're going to be like, he's beating John. He's that dope. No, he really is. It's kind of scary how dope he is. but And then, of course, his counterpart, Gustafson. They were both they were both uh, contenders. Sorry, sorry. They were both contenders. Gustafson... Dude, I look so ret- we got to cut that. I was just talking and I just stopped to make Nye-ah. like what? <laughs> like <laughs> We're going to put a side by side up with you and Adam Sandler when you do that. No, I, uh, we should do a we should open this up. The show up just a funny picture of me like like find the two most similar pictures just <laughs> ding. <laughs> and then actually get well, into it. I'll, well, I'll find one Flamey, things. dude, I was starting to do funny shit. We got to do unique ass funny shit, you know? Um Gus is back though and he has his eyes on Luke rockhole that light heavyweight. We just saw Luke Rockhold fight, and we were pretty... Just like, bro, just retire and stick with modeling. Stick with modeling, bro. You're getting paid so much, bro. And you would have no stress. You don't have to stress yourself out, you know? Yeah, yeah, he he fucks his face off. The the modeling agency fires him. The UFC fires him because he's ass. Like, bro, just stick with your shit. But he has his eyes set on Gustafsson, and I would love to see that fight. I think that's a pretty good-ass fight. I would... I would lean Gus, I guess, but I don't really know, man. I would lean Gus, but Luke is dummy nice. He's just a little old. I would lean Gus, but remember, both fighters are deteriorated. So I would lean Gus, but lean Gus. But I don't know what you do with Gustafson afterwards, you know? Maybe throw him against Anthony Johnson. I would love to see Anthony Johnson versus Greg Hardy at heavyweight. I would be fully erect for that. What? Go ahead. Say it, Chris. You don't have to. What? What is going on with Greg Hardy? That's when you say it like that. Yeah. Uh, so Greg Hardy just came off and uh, he just beat Juan Adams, who, by the way, Sonny had on his show. That was the third fighter, Juan Adams, the chosen Juan. Well, Greg Hardy just – remember the guy that he went for the single on Greg Hardy and Greg Hardy just did this, and the guy just wasn't moving. He wasn't even knocked out. It was like a month ago. Sonny had him on his show. That was phenomenal. Shout out to the Na B podcast in Connecticut. For an MMA podcast out of Connecticut with minimal production, uh, this kid's like, and I honestly, this kid is, he's a grinder and I have nothing but respect for him. I'm going to shout him out to my boy, Sonny. Sonny, if you ever want to do this, I was thinking about this. I'm just going to propose it live. a Sonny and Cena MMA show where, you know, you and I have a nice 20 minute segment every couple of days. I would actually be down to incorporate him into this and make talk too much, but remember... I want to bring in some girls for this now, but I was down to make him like me and him side by side on camera, you know, that would have been dope. So quick shout out to my guy, Sonny, man, that out of, of podcasts in Connecticut, you have to respect that. Um, so enough of that. I think that's enough of everything almost damn near. What else do I have to say? Give me like five seconds to just cut this part. Out. Give me like five seconds to recuperate. What was I talking about before Sonny? oh yeah, yeah yeah sorry yeah yeah that's where we were so cut all that out my bad i hate doing that all right and so yes yeah, shout out to my boy sonny uh he had juan adams on his show and juan adams is more of a like uh he's a character to say the least i don't know how he got these three guests but he did that's pretty dope that luke uh Vicente, luke a, uh that jo- joseph guy Jason the kid Knight. yeah jason the kid Knight. jason kid yeah jason kid on his show Sonny, just Sonny and Jason Kidd talking about MMA. Me too, actually. I don't know. <laughs> so, Greg Hardy, Greg Hardy, your boy. Uh, for the Chris Stockwell is a big Dallas Cowboys fan. Um, so, Greg Hardy, your boy. It's not my boy. I'm just curious what he's Supports all his actions. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> Chris Talk? Well, no, I'm joking. Um Greg ha- Greg Hardy on my opinion though, Chris, no bullshit, but I can't even deny the man his respect. I haven't seen him really struggle. His only loss was the fight before this in which he was winning and he we watched it together maybe. I want to see him fight Anthony Johnson. Me too. That's what I want to see. Me too. I would I don't even know, I'd be scared for that. That's that's like a, a Paulo Costa yo Romero they type fight. Do that now. Yeah, they should. He well, Johnson said he's targeting his return for 2020. So so, they're probably going to give Greg one more fight, and then they're going to give him that. I think that is that fight. They're... fight Francis too. Yeah, I think Greg would, might get fucked up there. But you know what's crazy? Is, as good as these guys are, they just don't understand. Greg Hardy is, they may be bigger than him, but he is an athlete. He is the best athlete in the heavyweight division, bro. What about John Jones? You think so? You know, he has to be, actually, because Greg Hardy's fucking stupid quick. That's an NFL lineman, yeah. I bet you, I bet you, I bet you his 40-yard dash is faster. Than John's? No way, bro. John's so lo- such long feet, but I bet you everything else is better. Huh? Training for the 40 is different. I bet you if you were to put them in John... John has 40 I'll take John Jones over Greg Hardy in a 40-yard dash. I'll be, That's a good bet to make, even though we'll never find it out. However, I do think low-key, you're right. Greg Hardy might be better than John Jones in him. No, not better, but like physical Count metrics. For, pound, he might be the most the for where he is, his size, how he looks, pound for pound, I actually have to agree with you. Because, and everybody, you can be crazy athletic. Everybody's athletic. The only other person is Cejudo, who's the only one that, like, really. Like, but I don't think Sahudo didn't play NFL football, bro. No, I'm not. No, I'm just saying, pound for pound. That's crazy. So Greg Hardy really, like, had to explode. Into big ass 300 pound men and push them backwards like every day, multiple Not times a day. For was, years. He was also an all pro. Athlete. He was also amazing at it. Yeah, that. he was, he was, yeah, he was one of the best in the league at it. Yeah. he could Bro, I, that's crazy. He could be, he's like a Bo Jackson type guy, right? But Bo Jackson was like a fucking outlier, just crazy. Like the best, most athletic, natural athletic dude of all time, I heard. They say he's better at archery than, than baseball or football. Bo Jackson? Yeah. That's fucking bullshit. Give me three talents like that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. He just gave me a big-ass nose and a big-ass mouth and some big balls. So that's all I have. <laughs> uh, and a small dick. No, I'm joking. God damn it. I'm on one today. But uh, Greg Hardy is – now, I don't think he would do well against Francis because I think I think Francis is just – I've seen this dude in person. Dude, if Francis does this, I expect the person to die. Like, the been in the face I know, but Francis is like – I've never seen – like, Francis is crazy, bro. Like, he's so much bigger than Greg Hardy. So, but I think Greg Hardy would have to take him down. Yeah, look, dude, Francis is crazy. You know what I mean? But as you said, man, you're right. Greg, there's no pound for pound, bro. That Dude, Greg Hardy is one of the best athletes, if not the best in the UFC. It's just a phenomenal move signing him by Dana White. <laughs> but okay. real talk, and I, I said this earlier on my show today, uh, I don't really judge people off what they do. And I think I kind of agree with Chris here. Like, we kind of root for Greg Hardy. I, I root for him, you know, and I'm sure Chris does use a Cowboys fan. Has similarities with that. One year okay, well you know the of the athlete, you're gonna root for him. You're not gonna root for him to lose against to know every single player that's ever played. Okay, yeah, it's sexy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. There just happened to be some crossover on oh. but okay. All right, man. <laughs> Let's talk too much fantasy football for you. Um so uh, I don't really judge Greg Hardy off what he did I know it's foul it's fucked up but to and this is there's no defending him because he's like when you hear him speak he sounds like a fucking evil ass just mentally demented dude but I don't judge a player an athlete off what they do outside of it I judge them off what they do inside the inside their game um I don't like him I don't agree with what he does but with that being said I don't really know him personally I don't know that lady I feel bad for her that he fucked up or whatever but I'm more focused on what he does inside that's what I see that's what I cover um I again I don't agree with what he's done at all um and I think he's a piece of shit for it and he'll get punished but I don't care about it you know what I mean like, I just don't give a shit if he's done whatever he's done you know unless it's like straight out rape that 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 rape or murder then I'll be like fuck you know what I mean but like actually this was attempted murder so I mean you can I guess you could but I, I really, again, I don't, and I have this, this is what I, I irritates me the most about sports, and I try and pass, this is my motto in sports, is do not judge, keep your personal opinions out of it when you're judging sports. Every That's the number one thing no one can agree on in America. Everyone wants to put their personal opinions in, in on it. That's the way they argue. But I just don't, I, guys like Greg Hardy is a good example, man. This dude's a world-class athlete. Francis Ngannou versus Greg Hardy is a possibility, man. And I, you know, we just talked about it. I might take Greg Hardy now that you put those physical statistics up because I know how f- good Francis is, is. And I know Francis for sure has the strongest arms I've ever seen in the UFC. Even if he's not as good of a fighter, he's still a better athlete. Yeah, the, my only thing is that Francis' power is what scares me. But, man. Got, it's not like he's not going to come in without it. He's going to still have power, too. No, I know. But I'm saying if just don't, I don't want him to get hit by Francis. That's all. I, because if Francis hits him hard, dude, he'll get knocked. No one can take a full-on hit from him. But I think Greg Hardy's just gonna run into him. Stipe. He didn't really take a full, Stipe, Stipe kind of mentally fucked with, with Francis that fight. Like he dominated him. The next fight, Francis came against Derek Lewis. He was like scared to throw a punch, he lost it. And then he turned it around and started his career back up again. I do agree with you though. But that's- you made a good point, Greg Hardy. No, he got caught in the pocket. He ducks his head every time he leaves the clinch, and DC – so soon right after? No, I think it was more poor game planning. Uh, DC has watched every uh, fight of Stipe's, and he realized when DC – when Stipe leaves the clinch, he puts his head – he ducks his head to the right. My bad, that was my left. He ducks his head to the right. And DC, remember this? And he went for it three times missed in that one round, and he hit it the last time he went for it and knocked him. So I think it was a mixture of both. I think DC would beat the fucking shit out of Greg. That is such a big difference in skill level. I would take DC over Stipe if they fought right now. Because I know for a fact if they were to fight right now, DC would literally take him down off the rip. He would not. He was, he's not standing with him anymore because he is a better stand-up fighter than Stipe. Yeah, playing into what works well for Greg Hardy. yeah but what is Greg Hardy going to do against Daniel Cormier? Like, I don't care how good... Dude, Anthony Johnson's a better athlete than DC. Uh, John Jones is a better athlete than DC. I don't actually even know that. But Greg better sure. But DC was an Olympic wrestler. Like, that is what you're talking about. Like, they're pretty close. So um, I just don't see where. I think Greg Hardy would get knocked down around. I don't see where Greg I mean, that's the one guy in that division I don't think anybody's touching. I still think that's. I'm mad about the Stipe fight because we're going to hear all this shit about Stipe. Bro, like, DC was winning that fight. He just got hit in the belly. Stipe made a great audible. But you know what I mean? If, if DC comes into the fight, protecting his body and just goes constantly you know throws a couple punches to set up the takedown but consistently goes for the takedown uh buddy I think DC is going to win that fight against anybody but John probably so I will say this though you kind of today this talk about Greg Hardy kind of sold me on him I might put him as a top five top three top four fighter that Greg Hardy might be that and he might one day be champion maybe not now but he might one day be able to beat. Yeah, he has like three, four years still to go till he hit till he could become champion. So he has like five, six, seven years left in the game. So do you think that they're not using their Greg Hardy card yet because mm-hmm. they know that it's coming? Like UFC. Oh, you're saying like promote him like they did Connor? I think I think also. they can't really promote it they they know they signed him because of the bullshit he did with that girl. Yeah. The fucking fucked up shit he did that there's so much noise and he's a former NFL player they signed him I don't think they can commit to playing that card cuz it'll be like why are you promoting this fucked up dude right now but they have they know why they signed him they have him on the roster if he he's keeps been winning a for the next three yeah he did years. you see cuz you know Dana White told him like I need you to act like this on camera I need you to do this it's all a business bro you know that and you know when you see him on interviews he always says I've just in a happy place I've changed all this shit it looks kind of fucking scary when he's saying I don't trust it but no he's that demented you know he's like uh, I'm in just such a good place. So tell say hi to Juan at the hospital for me, by the way, you know what I mean? He said that, I was like, you put him there, bro. <laughs> like, so uh, I do think I kinda, I kinda am sold on this guy, Greg Hardy, to be honest with you. Um, and what a tangent, because we were just talking about Juan Adams. Um, but yeah, Juan Adams, man on, no, we were talking about Greg Hardy, huh? So yeah, that's all, we have, all I have to say about Greg Hardy. I do think though, with what we said, I would take him over Francis. And I think I might even consider taking him. I wouldn't take him over Stevie or DC. Those two I wouldn't. I would take him over Junior Dos Santos, though. That would be insane if he beat Junior Dos Santos, he's on. Yeah. Now now you play the card. From playing the card? Yeah. From, from but hitting big time. Like big, big, big time. Yeah. What if they signed... CM Punk's the, on the UFC. Did you know that? Yeah, he, got he got his ass whooped. It, but think about it. Any professional athlete, like JD, if Tom Cruise went up to Dana White and says I want to fight at 135, 145 for you, bro, Dana will fucking I don't give a shit if he doesn't know he how to Justin Bieber right away. Yeah, he would. He'd sign them both or a one fight. I'd pay two hundred dollars for that pay-per-view. I still want it. No one's talking I would not. I would stream it all. I just don't wanna that's not good MMA. I wouldn't pay to watch Tom Cruise and Justin Bieber fight. Yeah w- in a five round title fight. So <laughs> oh my god. You know what no one does? Do you guys remember Celebrity Deathmatch back in the day? One of my favorite shows on MTV, just so sick and foul. When? With me here? You hear things and then they become your idea. You you <laughs> no, know. I. No, oh, my mom always said this. I hear something in one ear and it goes out the other. No, it comes back out as your own idea. <laughs> I didn't mean to steal your thunder. All right, I just didn't hear you. <laughs> Golly. <laughs> Oh yeah. yeah. Oh 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 yeah. No, I heard this. I, what I wanted to say was they should literally make the show Celebrity Deathmatch. Someone should start a business model where they recruit celebrities into a fighting or like uh, for like charity or some shit. They'll recruit like, yo Justin, you and Tom, let's like put on an organization, have an organization that puts on celebrity fights. Fight, like a celebrity UFC basically. Paul and Chris Brown were to fight. So every fight, fa- you try and sign every famous person you can. Yeah, you try and find sign every famous person you can. Yeah, no, none of these celebrities want to fight. Come about on. It? 50 wants to fight Ja Rule. I know that. I hate to see We can't that. afford those. Trash. Dude, 50 would beat the shit out of Ja Rule. God, ja Rule 50. Ja Rule, remember the fire shit? The fire festival? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was some of the most foul shit of all time. He made bank and fucked all the girls, though. In that time, he was out on that island. <laughs> that dude was, what was that dude thinking? Like, I don't know how, like. I saw the documentary. They had to build a whole festival in two weeks. Like, build this dude was stressing. Like, what do I do? Like, you should have done this nine months ago, bro. <laughs> like, But that's just about me. That's just about me. That's just about it for me on Talk Too Much MMA episode 19. Another week, another dollar. It's your boy, Cena. Um, we got Talk Too Much Fantasy Football. This is our last week. The season officially kicks off. Um, And this, you know, we got fantasy hoops, not fantasy hoops, fantasy hoops is definitely coming, in which I plan on winning two leagues. Uh, (laughs) Sorry, JD's like, yeah, right. But uh, more importantly, and you guys need to go follow us on Twitter, talk too much entertainment, or talk too much fantasy football, or talk too much hoops. um, Number two. Um, on Twitter. We are getting this Hoops Twitter started. We're going to start the Instagrams, too, for Hoops. But as you know, Talk Too Much Entertainment, Talk Too Much football, Fantasy Football, and Talk Too Much Hoops will be on Instagram as well. Um, basically, what I want to let you guys know is, coming up, you know, we, we all love football, and I, obviously basketball is going to be the best, probably the best NBA season of all time. Going into the season, that's the hype around it. Um, and so this is the perfect time for me to launch Talk Too Much Hoops with JD. Um, we're going to We're going to join forces on this, and we're going to try and bring out the best basketball podcast on the planet. We're going to cover these games, but obviously you're not going to be watching our show to hear two random people just talk about the games. We're going to actually give you the most blunt coverage possible. We're going to be going at it like crazy. We have a guy, you know, JD, you know, respects a lot of old legends growing up in sports. You know, a lot of the GOATs, the OGs, you know, and I'm kind of ignorant in the sense that, I've been waving them to the side. I used to be like that. I'm starting to wave them off to the side even more and not even appreciate them, Taking them, take the OGs for granted. And I don't know if it's right or wrong, but I'm just leaning more towards modernism and my opinions and everything, not just sports. So it's gonna be a good clash. Um, I don't think you're gonna find that type of product or that type of podcast covering basketball anywhere unless you turn on First Take in the morning where they have a script behind the camera, which we do not. So my name is Sina Palavon um, I'm here to run this shit, um, and, you know, Talk Too Much is coming up. Uh, I'll see you next week.